the epidural kicked on so heavy and more heavy than I noticed when I go to other births. People have mobility, like I can get people on the hands and knees a lot and they can like move a little bit or feel a tiny bit. Well, you've always been extra susceptible to, to medicine. That's true. So it was heavy. Like I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't feel anything. Complete loss of sensation for me, at least that's my memory of it. And so in order for me to push, what they did was, you probably remember this too, because I think you even started helping with this, is we would watch the contraction monitor and we'd see as it would get, we would see it build. I had to watch that monitor to know when I needed to push. This is Pros Talk Pregnancy, the no BS show that's not afraid to get real about all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and beyond. I'm talking with visionaries and game changers who are challenging the status quo and changing the world one pregnancy and one birth at a time. I'm Lindsay McCoy, mom of four, lover of the mountains, seeker of knowledge, exercise physiologist, birth doula, and childbirth educator. Basically, I'm an all-around pregnancy and birth nerd. My passion is making pregnancy, childbirth, and recovery better and empowering professionals and families alike. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. We are joined by my amazing husband, Matt McCoy. We've been together. Married for 18, dating for almost 20. Yeah, so basically our entire adult lives. uh, We essentially grew up together. Um, I met him when I was 17 and he was 18. He was the slightly older dreamboat that had no idea he was a dreamboat he was a dreamboat (laughs) everyone and yeah i like to get what i want and this is what i wanted and now and i saw someone who was fun and knew who they were and that's what i loved so yeah and we now have four kids and what we're gonna do today is i thought it would be really fun for matt to come on and for us to just talk about our first birth which was in February of 2007. So that kid's now in 10th grade. Downstairs because they don't have school hiding. That's true. With a bagel. (laughs) (laughs) We gave them breakfast and we're like, we're doing this. So you can listen if you want. But uh, yeah, they're downstairs. Uninterested as of now. And I we have not like pre talked about it. We haven't really ever. Have we ever talked about their birth? We, I mean, not for a long time. I've, of course, we discussed it a lot when it was closer to their birth, sure. but we've had three more births since then. Yeah. So it's been a long time. So I thought it'd be fun to just see what we remember. We were also very young. Very what, young. We were, I was 21 at the time of that birth, right? Yeah. I think you might've been 22 by the time Zero was born. They were, they were born in February and Okay. So you were still 21 then. Yeah. So I was 21. So basically, you know, everyone, what does most people do when they're 21? Go drinking. In our area. What do I do is I get pregnant, but I really wanted to be, I will say, I really wanted to be pregnant. We were really excited. It was a very planned thing. We got married early and we just wanted to. Yeah. We've been married for, I think two years at the time we yeah yeah we got married when I was 19 yeah (laughs) and Matt was 20 so um yeah we've been together a long long time and um anyway let's talk about the birth sure uh seems appropriate for you to start since you know (laughs) most of it happened in your body into that I am okay I'm sure they could it's we're we're working on the same mic and we don't know about sound so we're really hope we're trying to project into the little filter thing okay so how do how to begin 
I assumed when I got pregnant, so we're pretty, I would say crunchy in quotation marks. Like, yes, but back then we were still figuring out where we landed on the crunchy exactly. line. Yeah, for sure. But we were you know, like more naturally minded, like getting into more healthy foods or what we thought was healthy foods at the time, of course. Um, I was in my last year of my degree in exercise science. And so we were poor college students, right? Like we, um, yeah, we were very poor college students and basically living on student loans, essentially. And um, we, at the time, I found this magazine called Mothering and they were talking about, which is no longer in print, but it was talking about like natural birth. And that's where I learned what a doula was. And doula was pretty fringe still, I would say. You were also 20 years old at this time. Yes, I was 20 years old and doulas were pretty fringe. And I also read Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. I read all that I could. I So basically I was like, I want a natural birth. I don't want to get an epidural. That's about, that was my plan is I don't want an epidural. And I remember thinking the first time I heard the word doula, that it was a Greek term for doulos, which is like servant. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I was like, what is, you want to be a Greek servant? I had no idea what it was. Either. Yeah. So, but what I did was I was like, okay, reading all of these things and like, I can do this. People have been giving birth for forever since we, since humans became, we've been giving birth. So my opinion was like, they've all been doing it. I'm just going to trust my body and believe in myself, which I really genuinely did believe that I could do it mm -hmm. the way that I wanted to do it. And so, um, and I also of course did want to stack the cards in my favor. So I, like I Googled doula, keep in mind, I'm a 20 year old college student. I Googled doula and somebody came up. We were living in Sioux Falls, South Dakota at the time in the United States Someone came up that was like 60 minutes away or something. Oh, yeah. The closest one was not close. Yeah. The closest one was not close. I know now there's probably tons of doulas in that area, but at the time I couldn't find one. And then I, I found it. They were pretty far away and it was really not in the budget. Nothing was really in the budget at that time. We didn't have a budget. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was kind of like, well, that's super nice, but we've got this. Like, we'll be fine. And so, um, Fast forward. Oh, I should mention one more thing. Do you remember? I want to see if you remember this. I was so sure that I was going to have a baby on Valentine's Day. You you did. You thought you were going to go early. You thought you were going to have a Valentine's baby because that was really close to the due date. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. So <laughs> close. I'm saying in quotation marks. So February 14th, I was my guest date. My due date, estimated due date was February 26th. So that's two weeks early. So that's like 38 weeks. And first baby too. Yeah. For those of you who listening, who are birth into birth, that's, it's not super common. This, this stat is the average first time birther will give birth eight to eight to 10 days so after. You can't, you can't look at your co-host for birth facts. Like you usually can. Cause I have no idea. Yeah. He, he knows <laughs> a lot about supporting that. Yeah. You do know, you know more than you realize. I don't know about the science of birth, but I know a whole lot about the psychology of parents. Yes. But also you are in the periphery of me. I so do. I actually I hear think it a lot you subconsciously, you know, way more than like a lot of dudes sure. about this. So, um, you need to give yourself some credit for sure. But, um, what was I going to say? Oh, so 10 days, mm -hmm. 10 days post, right? So um, yeah, that's the average. And I was assuming I was going at 38 weeks and it's kind of a joke. Like all first time moms think that they're going to go early. So that was me. I was so sure that I was going to have the baby early. And so get to 
the due date and I am freaking done. Right. I was like, so ready to meet my baby. So ready to be done. Matt's older sister had given birth February 7th. And I was so jealous. I really wanted to be done. She was on the other side. Well, and you've always said, even from this very first pregnancy, that pregnancy was not your fun thing. That's what you struggled with was the feelings of like nausea and all that. Yeah, I got really sick. And the part you really loved was actually giving birth, which is kind of reversed for many people. But not this first one. Not the first one though. We had to get to that point. Yeah, we had to get to that point. So that's like been the journey. So maybe it'd be fun to hear the other ones. Okay, so let's keep rolling. So this isn't like five hours long because we have a lot to say about it. Yeah, we can cut things out. Yeah, so um, let's, oh, let's get to the due date. So we're on the due date and- um, keep in mind, I have been exercising like crazy through my whole pregnancy. I was teaching boot camps and water aerobics. I remember actually I was worked teaching at the YMCA, right? I worked at, it was called Super. Oh yeah. The Fit. place where the WWE guys always showed up. <laughs> yeah. And I was doing, and I was also working at this other place. I think it's now in this Sanford health system, but it was called something else at the time. Sioux Su- Valley. There's, I don't remember. It's been. Is that where you did silver sneakers? Or is that the Y? Well, wherever I was, wherever I was working, I was teaching water aerobics. And I remember I would be so sick. I would have to jump out of the water and be like, I'm sorry, ladies, jump out of the water, throw up and then like go back in. And they felt so bad for me. But again, it was 20 years old. Yeah. And and it was a bunch of like um, elderly women and it was super fun. And then I teach spinning. I taught all the things from extreme to water aerobics. And so I was like, Oh, I'm ready. Like I can give birth. No problem. I'm fit. Like that was my assumption at the time. Like, Oh, the stronger, the better. Yeah. Like you, you were a, a in shape athletic person who yeah. can handle their body and knows what to do. And so you felt confident. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'd read all the books, you know, I am a Gaskin told me I could do it. And so I believed that I could. And which is all great. Nothing wrong with any of this. Just, I'm just, it's just your story. Yeah. It's just my story. So I started feeling some, probably what I now know to be Braxton Hicks contractions on my guest state. So just kind of nothing that I had to breathe through, but just like things felt a little bit different. I don't think it was timeable in any way, but I definitely was over focusing on it. Cause I was so ready to be done. And so I was like, I think these are contractions and I was, you know, sitting on my birth ball, mm-hmm. you know, I'd read all the things that I could find. And I was like, yeah, I think this is it. Let's go yeah. in. Well, I was, I, I think it's sometimes, um, you hear a lot about the woman learning or the birth giver yeah. learning over time, what, what those different contractions feel like and like getting more in tune with their body. And I would say to all those who are the supporters of the birthers out there, you also kind of learn as the supporter things like, oh, I should be timing this. Yeah. Or, oh, exactly. I need to like be paying attention to the markers of this individual. What do I see? And I we can talk about this if we ever talk about the other births, the yeah. things I learned from birth one to birth two. Yeah, to birth you three. also had to learn how to yeah, by, do this as yeah, a so, partner. So birth by birth four, I'm the one calling the midwife while you're saying, no, I think I'm fine. And then by the time the midwife gets there, you're ready to have birth. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. So, so yeah, it'll be fun to see our evolution all of all of this. Yeah. Even if we never post this, it'll be fun to just do it. Because we're both babies at the time of the first one. Yeah, and and all regardless of age, I just feel like the first birth, knowledge. It's, it's hard. Yeah, the first time you do this, you're like, oh my gosh. Now we take for granted how much we've learned and how much we know and how much, how a lot of people are currently where we were. For sure. So and that's not a bad under- place to be. It's no. normal. And you had to start somewhere. So that's why we can help you 
you can listen to us so that you learn through what we had to go through to get to where we got yeah, to. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I definitely was feeling those contractions, but I, looking back, I didn't have to breathe through them. They weren't really timeable. I was just starting to feel like probably some warm up stuff. And who knows if that would have gone on for a couple more weeks. Cause you know, I was only at my due date, which of course some people give birth then, but I don't think I would have. So anyway, we go into the hospital and as I remember, this is like a vivid memory. Some things are very foggy, but I very vividly remember when the nurse or whoever was walking us to the labor and delivery ward, I remember them, um, being like, do you need to stop and breathe? Like, it's okay if you need to stop and breathe, or do you need a, a wheelchair? Wheelchair is what I was going to say. I was like, good. You remember? I was so chill. That could have been a clue. Yeah. And she was like, wow, you're so chill. And I was thinking, I mean, like, this Inter isn't that bad. But what was happening internally? Internally, I was like, crap, I think it's too early. This doesn't feel bad at all. And this is not how the book said it should have gone. But I was embarrassed. Sure. Because here's the thing. And this was a subconscious thing. And I think I've noticed this in doula clients as well. When you really, really want and are so ready to give birth and you're just like really freaking done with pregnancy and really want to meet your baby, which we all get there. A lot of us get there. Um, you will, you will subconsciously think the sooner I get to the hospital is the sooner I'm going to have the baby. So you almost like I tried to trick myself to think that this was harder than it really was because I just was ready to be in, to, in labor. Sure. And so that's what I think happened. Well, I think uh, a lot of the, the BRM programs that you do in my, my very um, not expertise take on them is that they help you kind of learn more about your body and what it actually needs that you might not even know. And I feel like we also have to do that same thing mentally. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And if we don't, we trick ourselves, like you said. Yeah. So then we go in and they hook us to the monitor and... I don't really remember. If, did you remember if I got a vaginal exam? The first thing I remember them doing is giving you a shot of something in your ass. Okay. Yes. But no, that was not the first thing. <laughs> that was the night before. That's the first thing you remember. Okay. I remember before that. So before that, they definitely hooked me to a monitor. I don't remember if I got a vaginal exam. I'm sure I probably did, but I don't remember that because I texted my mom and she started like driving. Oh no, that was when I was, wait. That, that was, was when later. I was going to be induced. That was the next that day. That was the next day. Okay. So this night they strapped me to the monitor. Nothing was happening. And so what they said is, well, this is normal. It's okay. But what we could do for you is we could give you a shot of blah, blah, blah. Now I know what it is now to be morphine um, in your butt. But the way they said it was, we can give you a shot of something to help you go to sleep and you can stay here overnight or you can and you'll wake home. And they said, and you'll, and this is February, so it's cold. And yeah. I think it was a snowstorm actually, or very, don't really want to go home. And they, and I also, it's embarrassing to go home. I felt dumb. Like, wait, this is supposed to be it. I don't want to go home. This wasn't the, the way it was supposed to be. And so I was like, I'm sure they knew that. And they offered me this and what she, I remember her vividly saying, and also she could have said it differently, but this is what I took yeah, in. Your memory. Yeah. What I took in was give you this shot of morphine you'll wake up in labor. Yeah. This will, you will be able to sleep through the night and then you'll wake up like in this labor. This will relax you and okay. then your body will be ready. Yes, exactly. And so I was like, that sounds perfect. Give me whatever this is. I will sleep all through the night, feel amazing and wake up and have my baby. So that was the plan. 
Yeah. So you didn't know you could have skipped all of these years of training for BRM and just taken some morphine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a time and a place for everything, but, um, so we, so anyway, we go forward and, um, the next day they checked the baby and they said that baby's heart rate was slow or like different. It was like not regular. It was not what they wanted it to be. And so they said, okay, we need to induce you. And looking back, my baby and talking to people, um, including my mom, who's a labor and delivery nurse or was, um, you know, babies do look a little different on morphine because they're receiving that as well. And so I do question if that was the right choice, but it was the choice we made at the time. You know, when someone says baby doesn't look great, we need to induce you. Of course, you're going to say yes. And so we did. And um, so we uh, started Pitocin. That was how they chose to induce me. Yep. And I think I, I remember it being a long time of that stuff just dripping. Before I felt anything. Before you felt anything. And when it did start looking back, because I think some of the knowledge of the, our memory of the birth is clouded by our other births. Sure. I would say looking back at that one, it took so much longer for your body to be ready to give birth. And who knows if it even was fully re as ready as those other times, because yeah. you got yourself ready the other times. And this yeah. one was more of the, sure. the drip. Yeah, but I'm going to hundreds of births now. It actually was quite fast, but to us, it seems slow. Yeah, and I only have four births as experience. Yes. You have hundreds. And so and so it really, they started Pitocin in the afternoon, like 1, 2 p.m. I remember that it was afternoon because I, you know, it took a while for them to decide and whatever. And I texted my mom, we're, we're being induced. She's in, living in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is like, I don't know, like a six hour drive or something. From Sioux Falls, it's like uh, yeah, whatever it is, she was going to start driving and um, she wasn't planning to be there, but she wanted to be there after the baby was was born. And so she just wanted to be around and first grandbaby. And so she was going to drive. They started the Pitocin drip to 1, 2 p.m. I don't remember exactly. And then we just started watching movies. Do you even remember what we watched? I don't. I remember enjoying the movies and you didn't get to enjoy them. Yeah, so after a while. Yeah. No. So we were watching movies and then all of a sudden I started to have contractions. So that was no longer enjoying it. It was probably like you're just distracted three ish hours. So it's like, like five around dinner time, maybe I started contracting. So we kind of turned off the movies. And then I just remember my only memory is like doing this. Oh, you can't see it, but tensing your whole body, tensing my whole body and resisting every single contraction. Yeah. Fighting them. And I don't remember. I think you held my hand and I yeah. mostly laid in bed. You, yeah. And I, when you asked me before, last night just to kind of get my juices flowing so yeah. that I could actually start remembering something from 15 years ago. Um, the first memory that popped in my head was the nurses letting us know that the baby's heart was irregular and needing to, we need to put a heart monitor on. I'm like, well, how's that going to work? The baby's inside um, Lindsay still, and then having to put like a little screw monitor. Yeah. That happened head. at some point. So at some point um, they, and I don't remember any I know I got cervical exams, but I don't remember any of the numbers. Do you? No. Yeah, I don't remember any of that, but there's definitely exams throughout. Again, this is why it would have been awesome to have taken notes. And but... I think we didn't realize how distracted we were going to get with the things that we weren't planning on happening. Yeah, like, yeah. Like the thing I just mentioned about uh, heart monitor going in. Yeah, so so they did an internal monitor of baby, which you, they would say, okay, we're, it's, it's no big deal. We're just going to screw it into their head. Um, and they broke my water. Yeah. You have to break the water to do that. But I'm not sure. sure if they had broken that even earlier. But for whatever reason, we started to basically, we don't have to go through it because we really don't remember it, but a spiral happened. I do remember one 
really sweet nurse at some point when I was really struggling and considering getting an epidural, she was like, how about I draw you a bath? Like it would, you could just sit in the bathtub and just relax, you know? And, and I thought, oh, that sounds really nice. You had all those cords around you. Exactly. So she actually drew it. She got the bath ready for me and she's like, okay, it's ready for you. And at that point I had a blood pressure cuff on, I had an internal monitor. I still had external monitor. I'm guessing that was measuring the strength of the contractions. Cause you don't need external and internal. Once it's screwed in the baby's head, they don't have to monitor externally. But so I'm assuming it was. Like and a, the Pitocin drip too. There was the Pitocin drip. So there's IV, there was cords. I just remember thinking there's cords coming out of every part of me. I have no idea how I'm going to get to that the bathtub. bathtub and even get in there. And I'm pregnant, I'm contracting. This sounds awful. I don't didn't even imagine how I could get in there. And so I reclined, I was reclined in the bed, not even like completely on my back in a little bit of an elevation. And I just hung out there. And I arrived in pain and I was like, this sucks. Give me an epidural. This episode is brought to you by the Body Ready Method, our game-changing, interactive, fully online course for perinatal and birth professionals who want to elevate the way they serve their clients. We teach you how to help your clients prepare their bodies for a more functional pregnancy and efficient birth and teach you what to do when, during birth, through the lens of birth biomechanics. Gain confidence and new skills to support your clients. Sign up for the waitlist for our next cohort at bodyreadymethod.com. And from the partner's perspective, I remember thinking about the time that, that is probably why it's the first thing I remember, about the time that the heart monitor went in, the internal monitor, I remember thinking, I have no idea what's going on. And I don't know oh, what's happening. Yeah. Because I remember going in as the confident 21-year-old yeah. thinking, I know what I'm, what's happening. My dad's an OBGYN. Yeah, he is. I had some background knowledge of what to expect, but not much. Yeah, it's Way a less lot. Than I it's thought. a lot. And so then I just kind of like froze up. I was like, I'm just going to stand here and hold her hand and try to be here. Yeah. But that's all I knew what to do. And so I had a lot of learning to do after that first birth as well. And you, I don't remember thinking anything in, like annoyed at you or any well, like- you were kind of focused on all that was going on with you. I was just like, Bleh. <laughs> But I will say as my point of advice for anyone who's at their first birth and feeling like that as the partner is you might not know anything that's going on medically, yeah. but you know your partner and you know what they need and you know what they want. So just focus on that. And, and uh, ask questions if you need to also listen for real. Like if they're like, stop talking, then just be quiet and be like a, like a gentle presence. Or I'm if sure I said that, or if they need more talking and they need you to talk them through things, then, then, you know, buck yeah, up and do that. Yeah. You're good at, he's good at knowing what everyone needs always. That's like one of his superpowers, but uh, so, so it gets, it just gets better with age, but uh, <laughs> Where were we? So we were talking about, oh, so everything, we just felt like this big spiral and I was like done. And so they ordered the epidural and actually the hour it took to get the epidural and the, the, you know, you have to get a couple bags of fluids and et cetera. Um, I actually felt like I coped a little bit better in that hour because I was like, was help is on the way. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think my memory of that is I knew you you had first originally said you didn't want yeah, one. Yeah, so I was really sad about and so, it. So again, the theme of like being hard on yourself for no reason. Yeah. It's kind of the theme of the first pregnancy because I think that was kind of 
where you're at as a 20 year old anyway. Yeah. You're still in the, I'm really being hard on myself phase of life. Yeah. And so when something didn't go as planned, instead of just being like, you know what? things happen and this is what I need right yeah. now. You were hard on yourself instead, which made it worse. And I was super, I, I was kind of like embarrassed. Like sure. I didn't, I really wanted to be like, I did it drug free. And it, it was like all just going the opposite of what I hoped for. And I was like, what the heck? I really thought I was really well prepared to do this naturally. Like, this is not how Ina Mae Gaskin told me it could be like, what is going on? This is like, and so I felt, yeah, looking back, I was definitely disappointed and I was definitely thinking of taking on the blame for myself, yeah. not realizing that I had just inserted myself into a system, a modern medical industrial complex, this system that is not designed to support physiological birth. And what I really wanted was physiological birth. Sure. Right. And there was like, it was basically like the example I always give, which is kind of cheesy, but it was like, if you want um, pasta don't go to, or the Japanese restaurant, or maybe actually they're good at pasta. If Ramen, you're, yeah. yeah, that's a bad example. If you want an amazing taco, I'm not thinking of an example right now. Taco is very specific to, to what? Yeah. If you want an amazing taco, don't go to an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Don't go to an Italian restaurant because they are amazing people maybe, and, or maybe not, of course, and they want to treat you well. And even if they try, it's, they're not going to dish it out the same, right? right. Like you got to go to the people who are the experts on what you want. And to me, I don't care what other people want. This is just what I wanted. I wanted this physiological birth, this experience that I had been reading about. And then when it wasn't happening, I took on the blame for myself. And I think a lot of people do that, especially. And I would say I, I couldn't really see that during this birth that's something i learned later you know what i mean like yeah. i didn't see that happening i was just like also in my internal world thinking i don't know how to help i just feel like a useless bystander just sitting here yeah staring at everything that's happening trying to support my wife's decisions but i'm not sure she even wants to be making those decisions but i don't want to question them because that might make it worse so i had all this going on and just shut down where now i know how to like yeah see through all that and know you better yeah and know what you want without you even having to tell me. So that yeah, you're good at that, like we said. But uh, he's he's really good at that, really. But um, yeah, and it was I remember because of course they had to have asked me if I wanted all of these different interventions as I was getting them. And I do remember a nurse being like, "You don't need to be a superhero. Just get the epidural." And mm -hmm. they kept pressing me when I was really struggling. Instead of helping me, yeah. besides that one nurse that told me I could get in the tub, besides like helping me like a doula would have, they just kept badgering me, like get an epidural, just get the epidural, no big deal. Like it'll probably help, blah, blah, blah. And eventually if somebody, when you're in that state, eventually if someone keeps pressing you and, and, and you suggesting that when you know it wasn't something you wanted, of course, I'm going to be like, well, that's my only thing offered for comfort is this. So of course I'm going to do this because I'm miserable. I'm yeah. suffering. And so I, yeah, so I got it. That was very unhelpful and something that I wish would have been different. Do you, and you know what I remember most about the epidural what? is it the second you got it, you started pushing. Yeah. So that's another funny thing. So at the point when I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need the epidural, um, which was now looking back, probably transformation or transition where you move from dilation to pushing. That was the phase where that's the heart, the strongest, most challenging part for a lot of people. And instead of like somebody helping me, and again, you didn't know either. We yeah. were both like, I don't know what's going on. They, I got the epidural, which 
it, I'm no judgment if that's what other people want. That's just not what I wanted. And then when it happened, I had not even, I remember this too. There, I still had complete sensation, but it was just, had just got placed. Literally, I think like the minutes. anesthesiologist was still in the room yeah. and I started pushing and they were like, oh, all right. And so then it was so heavy because then it kicked on. Like then the, the epidural kicked on so heavy and more heavy than I noticed when I go to other births. People have mobile, like I can get people on the hands and knees a lot and they can like move a little bit or feel a tiny bit. Well, you've always been extra susceptible to, to medicine. That's true. So it was heavy. Like I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't feel anything. Complete loss of sensation for me. At least that's my memory of it. And so in order for me to push, what they did was you probably remember this too. Cause I think you even started helping with this is we would watch the contraction monitor mm -hmm. and we'd see as it would get, we would see it build. I had to watch that monitor to know when I needed to push. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was on my back, you know, the standard on your back, pull your knees to your armpits and push. Oh, I did that really far away from the microphone, but it would be, it was the very standard way you'd think of pushing. And this is still the way majority of people push in the modern yeah, like medical in the stirrups type of thing. Yeah, in the stirrups on my back. And granted, I actually didn't push for a super long. I think it was about an hour-ish. It still was not very long. Considering, but I pushed hard, like take a deep breath, push. And, you know, I probably used a lot of muscular effort and mm -hmm. abdominal effort in addition to allowing my uterus to do the effort. And so I pushed the baby out really quickly. I mean, for a first-time mom with no, with probably a very tight unyielding pelvic floor. And everything on, going the way you didn't want it to go in your head and before. And having loss of sensation. So yeah. regardless, whatever, um, I'm very, we're very lucky that things went the way they did considering what was going on. For sure. And so, cause in, it could easily have gone the other way where I was pushing and pushing, pushing no sensation. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, maybe would have needed a cesarean or something, but, um, somehow I was able to push and really connect there and it could be my body awareness. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But looking back, it went very well considering how that spiral was going. Mm -hmm. Um, like it, it was quite efficient. So when they started the Pitocin at 2 PM, it took several hours, maybe until like evening to start feeling it. And then I actually had the baby 10, 10 PM around yeah. 10, 10, 15, I think it was. Yeah. I think I had a, a second turning point in there. I had that first one when the monitor went in and I kind of got flooded and didn't yeah. know what was happening. I think I snapped out of it when you had to start pushing and I had to read the monitor and I had something to do. Oh yeah. That was helpful so then, for you. So then for the first time I, I stopped standing by your head and I went down by your feet, something I wasn't sure I wanted to do at That's 20 right. years old. That's right. And I'm like, I'm down here. I'm in it. I'm fully committed. And I'm reading the monitor. I've got a job. Yeah. And so then I, I think maybe that helped swing things a little bit, like seeing someone, seeing your partner be positive and encouraging, even if they don't know what's going on, can be a big deal, even if you think you're doing like this tiny little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of partners really like the pushing phase for that reason, because they finally feel helpful where before they sometimes don't know what to do if yeah. there's not someone kind of guiding them. And that's why I love doulas, because my job is not to like be someone's partner. That's why I was really kind of offended by someone posted like recently on social media, like doulas are like your mom without the baggage. And I'm like, 
actually, I don't want to be in like a mom or a partner type role. I want to be, it's a very separate role. And if the other people in the room, like the partner, my job is to elevate them yeah. and like to teach them how to be that. Cause I feel like it comes better from the partner yeah. and I can all also you know, do it as well. But if there is a partner who wants to be involved in that way, I love helping like get people get the oxytocin flowing, get the love stuff going and, and help them to feel helpful through the whole thing, not just pushing. Yeah. Find yeah. a, find a job that the partner feels comfortable exactly. with and, and empower them to do like the a cool shit class. out of that job. Yeah. Like a cool cloth. Like sometimes I'll have partners like their job job is like, of course, they're the one like close by if they want to holding the hand, but also doing cool cloths or I'll show them how to like do a certain type of massage or I don't know. There's so many beautiful ways that could be like a whole podcast for episode. Sure, for sure. Yeah. So, so I, was, I was just talking about my second turning point. And I yeah. Thought, so that's where we were at. You were yeah. talking about uh, getting to the point where pushing was being done. Yeah. So then we so pushed the baby out with no sensation whatsoever. Tore, I think, first degree. So not a terrible tear, but I definitely tore. It's actually kind of amazing. You only had a first degree considering you couldn't feel anything. Yeah. It's And I pushed really forcefully. Yeah. So again, I, I think I did have enough pliability there from a lot of the different things that I was doing. Yoga and I, and I was doing a lot of stuff and maybe I wasn't specific about it, but I was still doing, I do think that I, some of the body stuff did actually help me. Um, and I think I wasn't working out super intensely. Like, even though I was doing a lot of movement, I wasn't like, I definitely wasn't overdoing it. Cause even teaching spinning, I would like fake it. You can like fake, like doing a strong Ever. hill. Yeah. You can fake ever. Just watch Peloton. Breathe. They all do it. Yeah. 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 You have to. It's they're actors. Yeah. They're sure. I mean, they're definitely working out, but some of them are working out. Some you can tell. Yeah. You can tell. I, I mean, I can tell. But um, anyway, so the baby came out, went straight to the warmer, immediate cord clamping. That was something that wasn't really talked about yet then, or I wasn't aware of it, of delaying that. And straight to the warmer, yep. which is really and I feel like the first baby, sometimes, at least for me, it's hard to realize that there's actually like a real live baby there. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh my gosh, because after that, you're like, oh, I've Especially had babies the first before. One. Yeah. Yeah. It was trippy. What's also was weird for me is looking back, I'm just now remembering this, how much different it felt, not just because of having a first baby, but every other baby, I was able to take skin to skin right away. And yeah, like, neither of us did for this and one. And I cl I cut cords with other babies. Did you I cut like, cord for this one? I don't think so. I Maybe. Think I think I might have, but the, I think the nurse might have been like, you want to? And I was like, it's do just what? different. You, but yeah. this is your only hospital birth experience, we'll yes. say. And so even- They actually were great. At they the were really good. It's just different. It was Sioux Valley Hospital. Now it's now called Sanford in Sioux Falls. Yeah. yeah, they were really great. And actually I had a midwife, and a CNM, and they were good. I honestly think- though that I just, you know, you caught talk about fight or flight. There's also flight fighter fawn. And I believe that one of the things I do when I'm in that hyper, like overwhelmed state, like my nervous system was like ready to run from the tigers mm -hmm. of what birth is. And, um, what my reaction to my nervous system being dysregulated is to fawn, at least in this situation, I become the perfect patient. And I do this yeah. at home. At, think of my home births too. True. Like I just become like, oh, I'm so sorry. You say like, sorry while you're like in labor. <laughs> yes, like, I'm very what? like, I just want to like fawn and make everyone love me and and be the good patient and say, and so I just, everything that was offered to me, I just said, yes. Starting mm -hmm. with that morphine. 
I didn't really think about there being another option, if but this just is the trust I'm blindly. supposed to do next and that's what I'll do. Yeah, I'll just do whatever my medical team suggests. Because I remember even at a, a prenatal visit, I did get handed a sheet of paper about like how it's good to make noise during mm-hmm. contractions. Yeah. But I'm a silent birther. So, Very silent. So even in all the births, but... So I think they they were trying to do a little bit, yeah. but my brain just didn't take it in. Sure. And also well, I think I your, did it differently. Your brain's also trying to take it in while you're having a unique experience your body's never had before. That's very intense yeah. and confusing and scary sometimes. It can be. Yeah. So I think everything that I had read just went out the window because my nervous system was dysregulated. And so I just said yes to everything in my yeah. and the spiral happened. And then I was like, why did this happen? After that birth, Mm -hmm. we were so happy and so great to like excited to have our baby. And I feel like the postpartum is a whole different thing, but I feel like actually we rocked that. We've always rocked postpartum. I don't know what it is. Maybe I think I have an awesome partner is what I think it is. And even though I remember you had to leave the hospital when I was, when I was there with the baby, you had to leave to go to a a class. Yeah. I was still in grad school. So we were really busy, but, um, but yeah, um, it's. Somehow we just fell into that role really naturally of parents. Mm -hmm. And that's a story for another day. But um, what I did do after that was I really got obsessed with birth. Mm -hmm. I was like, that was not at all what Ina Mae Gaskin told me it was going to be. Or could be. Yeah. And so I really got obsessed with it. And so, I don't know, I feel like it's, it's a really important part of my journey. I'm glad that we had that experience. Yeah, I would say that one of the coolest things for me was last night when we kind of brought up the idea of doing this, but said, let's let it be natural, but we'll start thinking about it individually, was for the first time, I had the the clearest picture of why Lindsay chose the path she chose. I Because I hadn't thought about the first birth in such detail for so many years that I hadn't really processed it through all the filters of all the other life experience I've had and all the things I've learned about her. And then looking back, I'm like, 100% this birth was triggered so many different points of interest in her and questions. And I wonder about that. I could just see the wheels turning in her head and her wanting to solve all these problems and figure it out for herself and also for other people. And then eventually other people eventually. Yeah. yeah. And then it just took off from there. 10 decades of trainings and going to yeah. the different, like piecemealing what you wanted to know for knowledge together to build what you wanted. I was around for all of that too, but seeing like going back to square one. Yeah. This is like is the cool. first part. I know we should talk through that sometime too, you know? So really, I mean, this work all would not exist without this man next to me too, because when we were at our very, very porous, like Living we in $700 a month, $700 a month. And we got where we were living for, for free because yeah. it w- went with where you were working. And, um, somehow, and I was like trying to work as like a personal trainer and teaching yoga and things like that. And then I started dueling and, and that was how I was pulling in money to support our, the, you know, our little family. And, um, as continuing to have, you know, three more babies, this, this is going through our whole life, but, but yeah, um, somehow we always found and, and he allowed it to happen because you'd have to take on a lot. So I could go travel and go to trainings and learn things and like spend our life savings on it. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was like a big commitment. And, and at the time we didn't even know, I didn't know what I was building 
or I didn't know yeah. why, but I knew that I needed to know all of these things. Yeah. And I have I didn't know why, but I was like, you know, I'm an exercise science person. Like I, I know the body, not as well as I do now, but I knew, sure. I thought I knew the body and I then did this very body driven thing, thing like yeah. pregnancy and birth. And I was like, I know, I thought I knew I had even done at the time because I was pregnant. I did my senior research and colloquium, which I gave presented to the senior faculty on prenatal exercise. Mm. And I thought at that time I knew. Well, I think birth is so unique because not only is it an experience you have in your body, which is appealing to you, but it's mental mm. as well. And even has a spiritual component to it. Yeah, for sure. So it's like this whole body experience. And I think the body part is what pulled you in, but all these other things are just as much a part of who you are. And those drew you in as well. And you're like, wow, birth goes even deeper than the body. Yeah. So I just became obsessed Yes, <laughs> and then started to apply that knowledge our second birth in 2009. And we will maybe have to do that one too, because that's the one that after that birth, I became a doula that yeah. year. And yeah. that was what the first one triggered my research yes. obsession. I, I go big or go home. Yeah, I'm like prepping all or nothing. I get really obsessed with things mm -hmm. and what I have become obsessed with it was, and really still is, is childbirth yeah. and that, and pregnancy. And so that first birth in 2007 was really the catalyst. Yeah. And, and my reaction was to start digging into parenting, psychology, uh, all of those sorts of things, kind of not in the reading parenting books type of way. Yeah. It's not really my style, but reading like information and putting together what I think would be knowing from like the experience we had. And now we have this little baby and all these different things. So we were both kind of prepping ourselves for the next because we knew we were yeah we, yeah we, for we sure. weren't done with one kid no and at the time we wanted I wanted a, a you like a hundred yeah <laughs> which we almost got there five. accidentally yeah <laughs> anyway that's a story for another day yeah. so um I think that was fun and we should maybe do it again we'll see what you all how you all feel about it and um stay tuned there's there's more where that came from yep all right bye everyone Thank you for listening to Pros Talk Pregnancy. We are passionate about making the childbearing years better. And as professionals, when we work together, that is when we see the greatest shifts. Is there a topic that you would like for us to dig into with an amazing birth pro that you know? Or do you have a question around pregnancy, birth, or recovery that no one has quite yet been able to answer? We wanna bring you the topics that you want to know about so please submit a question, topic, or guest suggestion for the chance for it to become our next podcast episode at www.bodyreadymethod.com slash podcast dash submit. See you next time.